you've got a Bible, go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12 is where we're going to be today. Uh, one of our core practices is daily devotions, and through the Lent season right now, we are going to be reading through the book of John, because this series that we're in is going to wrap around the final days of Jesus' life, and we're going to be specifically in the book of John. So beginning tomorrow, we're going to start reading through John, and you can get our Lent reading plan online, website, social media, email updates. If you don't get those, sign up for the email updates. We'll get you those. When you're doing your devotions, I'll tell you one thing that helps me, maybe would help you, a couple of apps, is YouVersion and Bible Hub. Well, I encourage you to download those, use those. I think they will help you a lot. So we're in a series specific for the Lent season that we are calling Seasons. Uh, life happens in, in seasons, uh, and, and it's important to know what season you're in. I mean, we all know that crazy person that wears shorts in the winter, Sean Spears. Uh, it's the only guy I know, t-shirt and, and shorts, but the rest of us are normal, and you don't wear shorts in the winter, and you don't wear a coat in the summer, you got, but, but if you don't know what season you're in, you'll get stuck in a season. Oh, I'm just done preaching right there. You all ain't engaged with me. I'm telling, if you don't know what season you're in, you're going to get stuck in a season. Some of you are stuck in a season because you don't know or recognize the season you're in, and you're begging God for another season, and all you're thinking about is the other season, and God says, I got this season, and I need to do something in this season right now, so I need you to pay attention. I need you to live in this season. Oh, that is not fun. I need you to live in this season, and, and by the way, there are four of them. We're all seeing spring coming right now. Come on, somebody. Any spring people in the house? But God is going to take you through all four. And, and, it, and it's on purpose. And there's something to learn in every season. And they happen in the same order from, from uh, spring to summer to, to fall to winter. And you go through each one of those and you go through them in that order because God wants you to grow and he wants to teach you something in those seasons. So, so today we're going to talk about the summer season. This is a fun Sunday. You came on the right Sunday because we're going to talk about celebrating the goodness of God. It is a good day to be in the house. So John chapter 12. Now I read out of the New Living Translation. And if you're new to church, um, John was one of Jesus' disciples. Many think that he was Jesus' best friend. You're like, Jesus can't have a best friend. He did. <laughs> and John knew it. And when you read his letter, he kind of puts that in there. He puts little digs in there every once in a while, like, I'm his favorite. It's kind of funny. Uh, but John chapter 12, this is Jesus as he is just a week away from going to the cross. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Now, this is, he's going to Lazarus and Mary and Martha's house. These were very good friends of his. When he would go to Bethany, he would often stop there and have dinner with them. And a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served it, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. And then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with, his, with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance. The house was filled with the fragrance. So I'm going to talk to you about summer and celebrating the good. Father, thank you for your presence here already. Thank you for the work you're already doing in our lives, for the hope that you've already brought. But now we need some encouragement through your word. And I know you're always faithful to talk to us through your scriptures. So we, 
We ask now as we break open the bread of life and we look to these scriptures that you would teach us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, you can be seated. Well, it, summer is coming. It's just a few months away, and I'm sure for... Okay, now I can preach. Now I can preach up in here. Uh, it is just a few months away, and uh, I don't know if you're planning your summer vacation. Laura and I have been thinking about where we're going on vacation for summer. And when you think about summer and where you're going to spend time, uh, a show of hands, how many of you are lake people? You're like, I like going to the lake. Got my lake people. Okay, some lake people. How many of you are beach people? Like, hey, send me to Florida. Yeah, a lot of, lot of beach people. And how many of you are mountain people? Go to the mountains. Oh, you're my people. Love you. Lots of Laura and I. We, uh, we used to be beach people. Now we are, we are mountain people. Uh, when I say that, it sounds kind of funny. We're mountain people. <laughs> I feel like we're like, you know, one of those reality shows. It's right. We're going out. We got our coonskin caps and we're... Hunting first. No, not that kind of mountain people. <laughs> we love going to Colorado. We are infatuated with Colorado in the summer. Because when you go, it's um, so beautiful. The, the cool mountain air and the, the smell of the, of the pine trees. And then, and then when you're walking, like the, the sun glistening through the trees and it just hits you, the warmth of the mountain air. Anybody want to go, like, right now? Oh. Uh, and we love to hike. Laura and I love to hike in Colorado, but there's only one problem. She's afraid of bears. <laughs> She's afraid of bears, and for uh, some reason she didn't realize, like, yeah, we're in the Rockies, and uh, they are around the trails. I mean, she, she does not, she won't even go to build a bear, people. I mean, she... <laughs> She is freaked out by bears. So we were hiking there last summer, and uh, as we were hiking, I kept hearing this tick, 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 and I was like, what in the world? And I turn around. I thought there was like a woodpecker or something, and it was Laura with a stick, and she's going tick, 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 tick. Like, what are you doing? And she said, did you not see the sign back there? It said, make lots of noise so the bears know you're here. I'm like, yeah, now they know we're here. It's like a grizzly's going to come over the top of the mountain and go, what is that noise? Well, isn't that cute? Your lunch. But we, we love to go there and we love to hike. And she is truly freaked out. But last year, where we were staying, you could get a picture with a bear. And I said, baby, you need to face your fears. <laughs> She's like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, come on, it'll be great. Come on. So she's like, oh, all right. So we go, and, and she's, she's there. And, and I'm going to be honest, it was a much bigger bear than I thought. It was, a, it was a very large bear. But can we just honor this woman? She got her picture with a bear. Come on, Allah, come on. And that was awesome. Yep. I got the picture. Here it is. There it is. I kid you not, she was like, I'm not sitting on that thing. She was actually freaked out by that bear. Summer is a time for celebrating. It is just a time for creating memories. It's a time for laughter and fun and, and joy. And, and there is nothing better than when God 
brings you into a summer season. It is one of the best feelings to have God. I mean, you, you know how you're, you're praying, praying and praying and begging God for an answer and then breakthrough comes? Like you, you, your finances are all dried up and then all of a sudden you have that breakthrough and God breaks through and, and you have this financial windfall that hits you like you didn't know you were getting that back on your taxes and you're like, whoop, whoop. And you're super excited because you're like, man, and you celebrate that summer. I mean, you, you, whether maybe it's, it's something in, in your health and you, you've had a setback in your health and, and like Laura has had with, when, with her long COVID and, and then you come through that and, and, and God answers that prayer. He heals your body and then you what? You celebrate the good things that God does. You, you're, you're striving and you're working hard and you're trying to move forward in your career and then, and then finally you, you land in that dream job. That position, that, that company, that thing that you got the degree for, that you were working for, and, and you got favor with your boss, and you're there. I mean, that is a, that is a summer season that God's, you can celebrate with God. I was talking during the 60-second celebration. You just don't know what's going to happen when you're talking during that connection time, what somebody's going to say to you. And, and so Stephanie Morgan is right here. Wave, Stephanie. So Stephanie right here, she said, hey, hey, next Sunday... I, I go to pick my daughter up from prison. What you don't know is this mama right here for 15 years, every single Sunday morning before she was here, she was at the prison visiting her daughter praying for her daughter, watching her daughter turn her life around, watching her daughter fall in love with Jesus, and next weekend, they're going to walk into summer together. We got we to gotta celebrate summer. Like, this, this is the goodness of our God. He is faithful to bring you into a summer season. Encourage somebody next to you. Tell them, he's going to be faithful. Tell them, he's going to be faithful faithful. Turn to somebody else that you didn't choose and tell them you're going to come into your summer season. You're coming into your summer season. So this is what we see here in John chapter 12. Lazarus and Martha and Mary, they, they're celebrating a summer season in their lives. It's a good day for Lazarus. Look back at verse 1. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, and say this with me, the man he had raised from the dead. And it says a, a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. What, what's going on here? They, they recognize what Jesus has done for them, and they're like, we're throwing a party. We're, we're going to celebrate. We're going we're to honor him. Like That's what celebration is. Celebration is the way that we honor people, is it not? Last weekend, Jen Miller was standing on this stage, and Jen and Travis, who've been trying forever to have a child, they finally are pregnant, and they're going to have a baby. And what did we do last week? We celebrated. Can we just celebrate again? We celebrated. And I know... I know as soon as she announced that, every woman in the place was like, whoa, we're going to have a baby shower. We're going to finally have a baby shower. Y'all excited. Hopefully none of the men were doing that. What is with these co-ed baby showers right now? What is happening? You're with me? What is happening in our world? Amen. Men, do me a favor. 
don't go to the baby shower. Because if you go as a pastor, I have to go. We celebrate, don't we? Somebody has a birthday, we celebrate. Somebody gets engaged. We, we go way over the top. We do like a Steven Spielberg production now, don't we? Like, woohoo! yeah, we got to have a videographer. We got to have people hiding in the weeds. We got to film it just right at the right sunset, right angle, right thing, and get it up on Insta Story. Let everybody see it. Everybody going to celebrate. Anybody remember the days when you just went out to eat and you just got down on the knee and said, will you marry me? Oh, for the good old days. <laughs> you young men, <laughs> you think, oh, I feel for you. That's just so bad. We celebrate weddings. Um, we just we we, cel- we celebrate family reunions. No, <laughs> Good job. no, no. We lament those things. That's uh, that's winter. That's a couple of weeks away. He's going to talk about that here in a few weeks. But cel- celebration is also a way, like Mary and Martha and Lazarus, so it's a way to honor and thank God for what He's done. In fact, you may have missed this at the first part of verse 1. The first part of verse 1, it says six days before the Passover celebration. What, what, what's that? If you're new to the scriptures, you may not recognize or realize the, the Jewish people, they were in bondage and in slavery for 400 years to the Egyptians. And God set them free. In fact, he sent the death angel into Egypt and he said, hey, kill the Passover lamb, put the blood over the doorpost, and then the the death angel will pass over that door. And he led them out through the Red Sea and finally into the promised land. And and every year, the Jewish people, and they're going to do it here uh, right around Easter when we do it, they celebrate their freedom from bondage. And what do we do every year around Easter at that season? In just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate our freedom from bondage. Yes, that's what we're celebrating. Like, that's what Easter is about. That's why we're going to gather. That's why every year it's on the calendar. That's why every year we talk about it. That's why every year we ramp up for it because it is a big celebration. I I love what Pastor Eric was talking about, how out in the lobby right now you can go out there and you can write down the good things that God has done because we want to celebrate that on Easter. We want to talk about the death And the resurrection of our Lord and Savior who not only gave you the gift of eternal life, but he gave you life in this life. Because he is a God who restores, who rescues, who delivers. Salvation is for you in this life as well. And I went out there this week, and if you've not been out there to read these, you've got to go out there and read them. It will inspire and encourage you. And I took a picture of just a few of them. Look at these here. Gave me freedom from past hurt. Look, look at this one. Help me get my anxiety under control. Or, or this next one. Our daughter can walk and talk. Let's celebrate that. Our daughter can walk and talk. Celebrate the good things that God is doing. But in the middle of summer, it can get overshadowed by a winter season. If you have a winter season going on in your life, it can completely overshadow the celebration of summer, can it not? What you have to recognize and understand is that you can be in more than one season at a time. you got to be aware 
of the season. Turn to somebody and tell them, be aware of the season. Be aware of the season. Uh, you, you can be in a summer season in your career. Everything's going great. Got the, pri pr got the promotion. You got the, the bosses on your side. You're, you're in your sweet spot. You're, you feel fulfilled. And you, you can be in that summer season, but then you can be in a fall in your, in your finances at the exact same time. So it's summer in my career, and, and it's fall in my finances. In other words, that, that I, my, my savings and my checking are chink, chink, chink. They're falling. We're going we're to talk about that next week. So you can be in a, in a summer in your career. You can be in a fall in your finances, and, you, and then you can be in a winter in your health. All this at the same time. Summer in my career, I'm, I'm in, a, in a, a fall in my finances, I'm, a, I'm in a winter in, in my health, and then, but you can be in a spring in a relationship. Like where, where maybe your marriage was upside down and things weren't well and, and, and suddenly God is bringing healing and restoration and you're starting to see new life and new things and new things are beginning to happen. You can be in more than one season at a time. And so often it gets overshadowed and what we will say is, oh, it's just been a hard year. And, and I, I don't want to discount that because I know that can be very, very true. But, but I'd like for you to write this down. Look for summer. Look for summer. Like what, what has God done? Where, where has God shown up? If you've been here the last few months, you know how well documented it is. Laura has not been able to be here, and she's had that long bout with COVID, and it's just been a train wreck. Uh, she's struggled breathing. She, they've had her on breathing machines. She's been at the doctor, back and forth. She can't even go up the stairs or go down the stairs, and then, and then she's in the emergency room and back home. And, and, it, and, and then that not only was it physically debilitating, but it was mentally and emotionally. Some of you have been through that where it's mentally and emotionally emotionally taking her down, and she was really, really struggling. But in the middle of it, I, I loved her because she said, I'm going to look for summer. And I came home one day, and, and I said, hey, how was your day? And she went, well, I just went and got my nails done. What? You're, yeah. She goes, yeah. I go, how you? She goes, I took my breathing machine with me. I know, what is that like? You know, like... <laughs> But the truth is, is you gotta, <laughs> you gotta look for the good. And, and that, that fed her soul. What I also loved about her, though, is she was like, let's go out back, let's go walking in the woods, and she could not walk very far. But we'd go out, and she's like, I just wanna feel the sun on my face. And she'd go out, and we'd stand there, and she'd just celebrate the goodness of God, even in the midst of the beauty of the sun. And then she'd remember she was in the woods and there might be bears. And she's like, let's just go back in the house. <laughs> but you got, you got to look for summer. That Paul talks about this in Philippians 4.8, a very familiar passage to so many of you. He said, think about things. In other words, think of it like this. Celebrate things. Celebrate things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. Celebrating is a way of reminding yourself God is good, God is faithful, and God is trustworthy. 
Oh, yeah, I, I know what's happening, but, but no, God is good. I can see the good that he's done. You know, God, God, he is faithful. He, this is what he's done, and he'll do it. He did it before. He'll do it again, and my God is faithful. This is what God is doing. This is the good. Oh, I can trust in him. You've, you've got to look for summer. And so Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, they show us, they show us how to celebrate the goodness of God. How, how do we celebrate the goodness of God in these summer seasons? I want to give you a few of them here. Let's look back at the scripture in, in verse 2. It simply says, Martha served. Write this down. Celebrate through serving. Celebrate through serving. This is serve week for all of our core groups. I love this. All of you. Our entire church is out serving everywhere. Just yesterday, we went out to a church in Cushing. Uh, my good friend, Ben Finkbeiner, and his wife, Alicia, they are restarting the Church of the Nazarene in Cushing. And they, it is hard going. The church has been kind of left and it's fallen apart. And a group went out there just yesterday. And they worked hard. And they put all, built and painted and knocked walls out, hauled off an organ. I don't even know what they're going to do with it, but they hauled off the organ, brought in new chairs, all these things to help this church in Cushing. We have, we have people that are going out this week to serve the homeless in our community. How amazing is, is that? We have our, our legacy group, our, our seniors who said, you know, they, they found out, this is so great, they found out about a family who had tragically died in a fire and they don't even know this family, but it's a friend of a friend. And they said, let's go to that funeral and let's help with the meal. Have that celebrate through, through, through serving. Another group is going out and they're, um, they're helping in a local school. There's all kinds of different ways that you can celebrate. But it's interesting here, if you know the story of, of, of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, there's another story, and I preached it a couple of months ago. You might remember this, and, uh, where Jesus had come to visit. And the last time Jesus stopped by, the, the previous time, the scriptures tell us that, that Martha was focused on this big dinner. That's all she was thinking about, this big old dinner. I got to cook this dinner. This is what I got to do. And she was all upset because nobody would help. And I think, like Martha, it is really easy to lose focus. When you're serving, it's so easy to lose focus and begin serving for all the wrong reasons. You're just serving because it's, well, it's, it's a Christian thing to do. It's what I'm supposed to do. Or you serve because you, you, you feel guilty. I just feel guilty. Or you, you feel like you're obligated. Like some of your, like with, with your core group, you're like, well, I guess if they're going to go help the homeless, I mean, I've, I got to go because if I don't, then I'll be the only one who didn't. <laughs> That'd be funny if it wasn't true, Right? And you just feel it, or maybe, maybe like Martha, you, you, you serve because you, you want to earn the favor of God. I want God to, to accept me and to, if I, if I do that, then, then he's going to love me. If I do that, then he's, 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 he's going to forgive me. If, if I do that, I'll, I'll be in his good graces. And, and that's just bad theology because God loves you, period. Amen. Doesn't matter what you're doing, doesn't matter who you did it with, doesn't matter when you did it, God loves you unconditionally. But here's the thing. When you remember what God has done, what's Martha doing? My brother was dead, and now he's alive. I lost him. I was weeping, and I am weeping no more. And what your only response to that is, how can I not serve? 
Serving becomes the great joy of your life because you're like, he took me from here to here. He took me from death to life. I got to serve him. I want to serve him because I want others to know. So celebrate through serving. Look, look again at verse 2. It says this, Lazarus, well, this is great. Lazarus, who was dead, was among those who ate with him. Now, the Jewish meal is a little different than ours. I mean, we, we kind of rush through the meal, don't we? I mean, we eat with our phones. We're like this, right? <laughs> a little too close, a little too close. But for the Jewish people, the meal is a big, big deal. Everybody gathers. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of, of connection. It's a time of, of, of relationship. That's what this is all about here. And in, in one of the translations, uh, or several of the translations, it doesn't say that Lazarus ate with Jesus. It says that Lazarus reclined with Jesus. That word ate is this idea of reclining. Like, I don't think this is true, and I know it's not, but I just get this vision of Jesus and Lazarus and lazy boys, you know. What's up? What's up, man? Ha, I was dead. Like, that was great. That's right. I brought you back. You did. You the man. Come on. Knuckles. I mean, you know, some of y'all are like, I don't think he can say that in church. That's terrible. You can't talk about Jesus that way. He was excited. He's like, I'm going to, I'm hanging with Jesus. Write this down. Celebrate through solitude. Celebrate through solitude. In, in other words, take time to be with Jesus and celebrate, to, to recline with him. So often, if not too often, we, we come to God with our list. When we take time for God, it sits it's with our, our list. And I want to encourage you to take some time to look for summer. Like we're doing that 22 and 22 challenge right now. To spend 22 minutes a day with God. Push the world back. And one of the things I want to encourage you when you get with God, don't just come with your to-do list. Come with your thank you list. Send out a thank you note to God. Like, just sit with him. I, if you've been a part of Core Church, you know this is one of my practices. I, I will sit down every day, and I, without fail, and I write down my high five. I just thank God for the day. I look back at the past 24 hours, and I just say, thank you, God, for this, this, this. And here's the thing I want you to know. Sometimes it's a, we are only looking for the big things, like what's something big God did? And so you don't have something big, and you're like, well, I don't know what to thank him for. If you start every day, start looking for the small, okay? Come on, look for the small. Turn to somebody, tell them, look for the small things. Look for the small things and the ways in which God showed. Here's one of mine just randomly, okay? This is, uh, so this is uh, like a week ago. Number one, first day of March Madness. You're like, can you thank God for that? Yes, I can, because that brings me joy. And God wants me to have joy. God wants me to, to have laughter. He wants me to smile in this life. And I'm like, I know he created March Madness just for me. <laughs> there, there's number two. I, I already just talked about that, walking in the woods with Laura and Otis. Otis is our dog, not, not some other guy. Some of you are like, there's another man in there. <laughs> they name one of their kids Otis. That's terrible. If your name's Otis, I apologize. Uh, 
Number three, homemade cinnamon rolls. Come on, somebody. We can thank Jesus for that right there. Every March Madness, I get homemade cinnamon rolls. Number four, start, starting, I started a new biography on Harriet Tubman. I, I, I am just immersed in this new biography, and I just absolutely love it. And it's, it's, it's just amazing, this lady's story. Now, number five, I got a chance to pray with my neighbor. I, I've been praying for my neighbors and praying for them and praying for them. And then I got to pray with my neighbor. Take time to celebrate. And, and, and then at the end of the day, I will get down on my knees. And I will thank God for the day. Because I want to go to bed in peace. And so I will actually kneel by my bedside. I do this every day. Kneel down and I just rehearse the day. And I think back to the day. And this is what God did. And I'm telling you, I have to fight it through it. I have to, I have to pray Philippians 4.8. Like this idea of celebrate the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Brad, celebrate the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Because the negativity and the bad things of the day will sneak into that time. And I'll be like, man, that was a disaster. I hated that. That was awful. <laughs> But I fight for it, and I say, no, I'm going to thank God for this and thank God for this. And thank. Now, here's the thing. You, you can't just necessarily take mine and just do what I do. you got to find what works for you. Okay, that's what works for me. But you don't, that doesn't mean you have to do it that way. you just got you, you to find a way to recline with God, okay? you got to find a way to do that, and you got to find what fits like, Lauren, I've been on a recliner search for me because any recliner I sit in that I go, it hits me right here, okay, like right at the kneecap. They don't fit me. I'm just too big of a human to be made for a recliner. And so we've been searching everywhere for one that would fit, and we finally found one, and it fits, and it's amazing, and I love it, and it fits me. So you got to find what fits. But I'm telling you, take time to celebrate through solitude. And then go back to verse 3. So we're going to celebrate through serving and celebrate through solitude. And then it says in verse 3, Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And if you read on in the passage, you can see Mary didn't go cheap. Like she wasn't putting bod perfume on him. It's <laughs> some of you are like, I wear that every day. No, it, it says that it took a, it was a year's wages. Can you imagine taking, think about what you make in a year. Imagine giving that away. Think of something you own in your life that's worth that. And just going, I was gonna give it away. That's that's what Mary, that's what Mary did here. This was an incredible sacrifice. So write this one down. Celebrate through sacrifice. Celebrate through serving, celebrate through solitude, and celebrate through sacrifice. We are here in this place today because people were willing to sacrifice. Mentioned it earlier. Central Church, Laura and I were there. We were, I was working at Z104, or not Z104, I was working at Kick 99 at the time, a radio station, and uh, wasn't even thinking about ministry. And uh, they talked about starting this church. And they were going to start this church. And a small group of people said we're willing to sacrifice. But a church said they were willing to sacrifice. And they sent us out. And I remember Laura and I, and we, we walked away from friendships. And people, we weren't going we to see them every week anymore. 
a church that we had been a part of where we had raised our kids and dedicated our kids and baptized our kids and on and on and on and where I, I submitted my life to Jesus and I gave my life to Jesus in that church and never saw myself leaving that. Um, I never saw myself leaving that place because it meant, it, it, it meant so much to me and all my ties were there. But some people were willing to sacrifice and you know what they did? Like Mary, they, they, they were willing to pour out Pour out into a soil and, and believe for a great harvest. And what's crazy, what's crazy is Central Church had no idea that, that they were pouring out and planting their future pastor. Think about the goodness of God. Here they are making great sacrifice, and God says, you have no idea the plan I have and what I need you to do because in 22 years, you're going to need a pastor, and if you don't plant now, if you don't pour out, if you don't sacrifice, you will not have what you need in two decades. So some of you right now, you're, what are you holding on to? What's the jar you're holding on to? This is mine. I, I can't do this. I just, I, I, this is all I got. I, this is all I got. It's, it's really expensive. And you're like, okay, maybe a little bit. Beep. <laughs> Can I tell you when you go, beep, fast forward two decades, and you're going to wonder why your life is, beep, because you didn't sacrifice back here. But when you pour it all out, <laughs> you pour it all out, man, God says, I'm going to bring it back to you. Pastor Eric preached this just last week. If you missed it, you got to go back and listen to it. His whole text was Luke 6, 38, give, and you're going to receive. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap. That, that's what God wants to do. This is why Mary did this, because she was overwhelmed by the resurrection of her, her brother. So Martha's serving, and Mary's like, I, gotta, I got this. I, I don't know what to do. I'll give him this gift. And just like I've been saving this for something special, which they did in those days. And she's like, I just can't hold on to this anymore because my brother, who is dead, he's back, and he's in my life. How can I not thank my God? And she pours it all out. But what Mary didn't know, as the Scripture goes on to say, she was not only pouring that out for Lazarus' resurrection, she was pouring that out in preparation of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Like when you think about the sacrifice that Jesus made, how can you not pour everything out? Pour everything, because I mean, like, like Lazarus, you... You and I, we were dead in our sins. We were locked in a cold, dark tomb. And he called your name. And he said, you come out of that grave. And you walked out into the light. They tore off the burial clothes off of you. And now you recline with Jesus. That's your story. That's who you are. This is what God can do. If you've never walked out, I'm telling you, you walk out, that's what God's going to do. You walk out of that tomb, and you get to sit, and you get to recline with him. And then it says this beautiful phrase in verse 3, the house was filled with the fragrance. When, when we celebrate Christ, 
and celebrate the goodness of God, the fragrance of Christ fills the house. The fragrance of Christ fills our life. The fragrance of hope. Like when God, when you celebrate, that hope gets on you and other people begin to smell that sweet smell of hope. They, when, when God heals your soul and you celebrate the goodness of how God healed you and forgave you and brought you out of the tomb and resurrected you to new life and you celebrate that, guess what happens? It, it gets in you. It starts coming out of you, okay? You have two choices. Give off the fragrance of celebration or give off the fragrance of cynicism. Too many followers of Jesus are giving off this fragrance of cynicism. They're negative about everything. Well, this ain't going good, this ain't going good, and this is going, this ain't going good. You know what's happened? They've gotten stuck in winter. One winter season, it ain't even their whole life, but one winter season, and they got stuck, and they can't get free. You got to get your focus back on Jesus and what he's done for you and the goodness of God and let that fragrance walk you out and let that fragrance get on those around you. Look for summer. Let the fragrance of celebration fill your life. 